Hello and welcome to another fantabulous episode of the OST Party. This is a movie soundtrack podcast where movie fans and music fans get together and have a rockin' good time talking about all your favorite movie soundtracks. Hi, my name is Joseph Wade. I'll be your host for this evening. Uh, Libby Cudmore could not be with us tonight, uh, but she will be back in due time. So uh, sit- sitting in, filling in for her is uh, my one and only, my moon and stars, my best friend of the entire universe, is Nikki Shermer, my girlfriend. Hello and welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm Nikki, first time podcaster, long time talker. So hopefully I will do Libby justice mm-hmm. I, for Libby. For Libby. <laughs> I've heard your credentials. They are uh, they're excellent. I'm an excellent bullshitter. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what, you, what we need. That's all we need on the show is just good bullshitters. That's how I put up with Joseph all the time. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> she just likes nods and smiles and plays along. <laughs> Like she is doing exactly right now. Right at this moment. Oh, boy. But yeah, tonight on the show, we are discussing uh, from 2001. It's the soundtrack to A Knight's Tale. Nikki, uh, ha- what's your what's your history with A Knight's Tale? Um, a Knight's Tale came out at the perfect time for me, close to my high school years. So, of course, I wanted to see it because of Heath Ledger. Of course. Of course. So it's one of those heartthrob movies where you go to see it just because you want to see the main character. And I do not think it disappoints. Mm-mm. I mean, it's what, 20 years old now? And even I still kind of like it. Yeah. You know? It's just a fun little movie. And the soundtrack, I picked this one because I knew the soundtrack was at least pretty good. It is an easy soundtrack. Most of everyone should have heard these songs somewhere before. Right. If you have a dad or have ever had a dad or have ever had access to classic rock radio, you've heard at least like six or seven of these songs before. So tonight should be not painful and very easy for both of us. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But before we talk about A Knight's Tale, so we've got a poll we have to discuss from our last episode. We talked about Footloose, where we put pretty much every song on the soundtrack head-to-head in our Twitter poll. And the two winners that very quickly emerged were uh, Holding Out for a Hero by Bonnie Tyler and Let's Hear It for the Boy. And uh, with 65% of the vote, you guys... Handily, two to one voted holding up for a hero. That's the best song on the, the Footloose soundtrack. Mm. Nikki, what do you think about that one? I disagree. Number two is my favorite. I think I like the montage better with um, Let's Hear It for the Boy than I do Holding Out for a Hero. You, the, the truck, the tractor race doesn't do it for you? No, because he would lose. He just got stuck. Yes. So it doesn't really show any kind of bravery. It shows more of a stupidity. Yeah. He's just stupid. He's and just... plus... Sorry. Yeah. Growing up in the South, tractors are very expensive. Oh, yeah. So that guy who wrecked his tractor probably hurt his father's business significantly. Don't do that, kids. Don't wreck tractors. Don't wreck tractors unless you have a damn good reason. Exactly. <laughs> and Kevin Spacey is not a good reason. What's his name? You mean Kevin Bacon? <laughs> Kevin Bacon! <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're trying to hit Kevin Spacey... Also, Kevin Spacey's not a good reason. <laughs> if you're trying to hit Kevin Spacey, I guess maybe... It's okay. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about Kevin Spacey now. So yeah, the the Footloose uh, soundtrack uh, poll it was it was a fun one. Everybody seemed to have like a one favorite. There was like eight or nine just huge hits, and everybody's like, "No, I like this one. No, I like that one." 
So it's a good a good mix. And I think I think a Knight's Tale is going to be uh, just as fun, just as uh, interesting. Are we going to do the same thing? What's your favorite song? Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there in in a little bit. Um, but before we do, I, I get to subject Nikki to my favorite part of the show called Billboarding School, where I do nothing but talk about stats and numbers for 10 minutes. <laughs> Welcome to Billboarding School, everybody. So let me tell you a little bit about A Knight's Tale. Uh, the soundtrack hit the charts, came out May 26, 2001. Number 100 on the charts. Doesn't the charts go to 100? This one goes to 200. Oh, okay. I was going to be like last place. Woo. <laughs> this, this chart goes to 11. So it's about 50%. Halfway there, yeah. Uh, the That's n- passing in college. Yeah, really. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Night's Tale is good enough. Uh, the number one album that week was Destiny Child's Survivor. Agreed. Big fan? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the top soundtrack that week uh, was Moulin Rouge at number five. Ooh. Which I think... I think Moulin Rouge and A Knight's Tale have a lot in common. Historically inaccurate, but a lovely romance story. I can see that. Also, lots of popular songs where they shouldn't be. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is, this is Moulin Rouge for guys, I think. I could see that, you kind of. Yeah. Come on, dudes. Come and watch some people sing some fun songs. and I don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So A Knight's Tale spent nine weeks on the charts. It peaked at number 42, dropped off the charts after nine weeks uh, when the number one album in America was Alicia Keys' Songs in A Minor. Ooh. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good album. And the top soundtrack that week at number 11 was The Fast and the Furious. Which The first one? The first one. I'm trying to remember music from that soundtrack. I want to say it was like all Ja Rule and yeah. stuff like that. Like some techno dance stuff. Yeah, like that late '90s, early 2000s. Just, I don't think we're ever gonna do it on the show, which is a bummer because I actually love the Fast and Furious movies, but uh, the soundtracks are not really our thing around here. But you know, different strokes for different folks. (laughs) What? I don't know. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Weird. All right. So, Nikki, real quick, uh, tell us a little bit. Tell us what A Knight's Tale is about. So. I'm in, I'm in the driver's seat. I can do whatever I want. First of all, you did not prep me for this, so fuck you. <laughs> you literally watched the movie. I don't care. Okay, so you have a young Heath Ledger who is shipped away from his father to try and change his stars and become a better person. Um. Better than a peasant. Better than a peasant. So he ends up with Sir Hector. Hector? Mm, yeah. It could have been an accent, but it's either Hector or Hector. Mm-hmm. Um, who dies? So there's a death very er- Plot twist. Plot twist. <laughs> Hector, Sir Hector was dead to begin with. <laughs> What's the thing where you tell somebody you're going to ruin the movie? Oh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, friends. <laughs> but don't worry. He comes back at the end of the movie. Kind of. Kind of does. So he dies, and that gives Heath Ledger, a.k.a. William, a chance to get some money for him and his friends. In the beginning, this is kind of like a money scheme in which they hide a dead body somewhere in the woods and put on gross armor to make money. Mm -hmm. But don't let that stop you. Because it does get better. That could have been its own movie, too. <laughs> it really could have. Like, where they're trying to run away because they hit a dead body. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would, I would watch that. 
So then he does his first tournament, mm-hmm. and he wins. So the first tournament, this is a jousting tournament. It is about jousting. This whole movie is about jousting. If you didn't get that from the cover of the movie, spoiler alert. Alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> This movie's about jousting. The, the cover, the cover of this movie, which is literally just a picture of Heath Ledger's face. That's a nice picture, though. That's like a model shot. That's pretty good. Yeah, like I, I feel like I've seen this poster a lot in college. Just people it's hard to get your it. eyebrows that serious. That, that scowl. Yeah, that's a nice scowl. Mm. So we're just going to jump straight into the soundtrack. The first song you hear in the film is uh, "We Will Rock You" by Queen. Do we have to play a clip of this? Should we? We will, we will rock rock you. That's it. That's it. That's the whole song. (laughs) But it's cool how they do it in the movie because it's it's all the medieval people in the stands watching the jousting tournament and they're all doing the stomp, stomp claps. And they're all singing, we will rock you. And I mean, there's your first like historically inaccurate thing. You know, they're singing, we will rock you. But they did that on purpose. Like it's, it's a choice. It's de- it's definitely a choice. It's a way to draw in the audience because, like you said, mm-hmm. they picked this for the first song. That is a song that absolutely everybody has heard oh, before. Oh, one hundred percent. And uh, the director talked about that at one point. He said like he chose that song and then all the other songs because like that's his that's a, a a shortcut of like showing you how these people reacted to music back then. Like if this were you know. 700 years ago it wouldn't be we will rock you but it would be something kind of like that you know so we're getting into their headspace so all the songs in this movie are historically inaccurate duh but they're all chosen very specifically and for a very like real purpose to get you pumped to get you pumped to get you to buy that soundtrack i mean it works because you know we will rock you think about all the sporting events that you hear that at and then of course you're always just like Buddy. You're ready. You're ready for yeah. for a match, a game, whatever it is. You like you and I go. We like to go to hockey games, mm-hmm. and we haven't gotten to go to one in at least a year. So sad for reasons. But like even there, stupid they stupid COVID reasons. I know stupid COVID reasons. But even there, they do. We will rock you because they know it's going to get the audience pumped. It's great. I love it. So first five minutes, we will rock you. Dead body, and then you get pumped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's perfect. Well, you, the dead body, and then we will rock you. You don't even think about the dead body after that. Yeah, you you slowly don't realize. Well, what did they do with the body? He took the armor, and then he's supposed to be Sir Hector. But where's the body? Yeah, where's the body? And then at, when he wins the, the when he wins the tournament, and like his helmet gets smashed into his face, perfect excuse to not show your face to like the 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 lord or whoever's and judging the tournament. Exactly. Actually, you know, I was just thinking about this. The, you remember the scene in Bohemian Rhapsody where they come up with the song We Will Rock You? And Freddie comes in and he was like, you guys, I was just reading this great book called The Canterbury Tales. And in it, they do this thing and we have to do it in the movie. In the, in the album, I mean. you know. <laughs> remember how Queen got that song from, a can, from The Canterbury Tales? <laughs> I'm trying to remember Canterbury Tales from high school. Think real hard because I don't think anybody does. I did a rap of it. I stand corrected. <laughs> wow. That was really good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Shout out to Miss Motzinger, 11th grade English. <laughs> there you go. I learned something tonight. 
so Will wins his first match. He gets like a golden peacock feather as his prize. Which is beautiful. It's beautiful, but they sell it for money because they need money. They don't need a golden peacock feather. Right. It's all about money in the beginning. Yeah. But that's when he gets the idea, like, we could do this for money. You know, all he's got to do is hide his face, lie about who he is, and he's off to the races. So he realizes this is the chance to change his stars for real. Quote, unquote, change his stars. Change his stars, which you will learn about later in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a figure of speech. It's a thing. It's, it's kind of the theme of the movie. Can you change your stars? Can you change your stars? Literally, no. Figuratively, maybe. If this were a different kind of movie, I'm sure they could change some stars. <laughs> so when Will decides this is what he wants to do, they're like, you don't know how to joust. You're just a squire. So then we get this huge training montage where they're trying to train him to joust. And we get the next song on our soundtrack. It's War with Lowrider. Will be my favorite song on the soundtrack. Really? Yes. Huge Lowrider fan. Um, long time lover of the Lowrider. If you've ever seen uh I know this is a totally different movie, but what's that Nicolas Cage movie where they steal cars? Gone in 60 seconds. Gone in 60 seconds. This movie and that movie, wonderful. <laughs> it's a really good movie song. Because mm-hmm. it puts you in that dun 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 dun. The thing I always think of is the George Lopez show because that's George Lopez's theme song. Oh snap! Well, that probably changes it for a lot of people. I mean, that's for just that's just it for me. That's where I've always heard it. But like, what is a low rider? It's a kind of it's like a car thing, right? I guess I don't know. Like anybody who has a fancy car, and you then you must do something with the suspension and you make it low. Like like the hot rod with the lift kit or whatever. Yeah. That's not a lift, it's low because it's low. That's what I'm assuming is it has to do with the cars, but then again, the first time I heard it was gone in 60 seconds. So I I, I still think that's pretty a pretty fair assessment. I think it's a persona as well. Mm -hmm. The low rider. The low rider. The low, yeah, the low rider gets a little higher. You know. I always think it'd be a good name for a cowboy as well. The low rider. He has like a really short horse. <laughs> you know, I, for a second, I was going to go serious with him and be like, uh, Clint Eastwood starring in the low rider. But then you just made it goofy. <laughs> with his mini horse, Elvira. That's actually a mini horse name. If you are on Tumblr <laughs> and follow Elvira, she's great. Mm. <laughs> Who would star in our comedy Western about a guy with a tiny horse? <sighs> Woulda, coulda, shoulda It would be Heath Ledger but mm, I was thinking of McClintock Oh, like John Wayne? Yeah Like John Wayne on a, on a miniature pony <laughs> And the little writer I could see that I would have so much fun with a movie like that <laughs> Just look at John Wayne on this tiny pony Yeah Because you can't really make fun of him so then you'll see his horse and you'll be like, oh, and then you're like, oh, wait. That's, that's how he draws them in. Like he thinks they're, he, they, he makes them think he's not serious, but then he's serious. Yeah. That's exactly it. It's, oh, I love this. 
this podcast is all about generating like fake movies we wish we were watching. Okay. Kind of like that one. That's beautiful. Low rider. Low rider. Um, and then we are introduced to uh, the Vision. Walks into the movie buck naked. Paul Bettany. Nice butt. Okay. I'll, I'll trust your judgment on that. Seven out of ten. <laughs> uh, but he's literally playing Jeffrey Chaucer. Like we made some Canterbury Tales jokes, but like here he is in the flesh. Give I would up. not expect that to be the persona he took portraying Jeffrey Chaucer. Like the the uh, like wrestling announcer kind of guy? Yes. The hype man? And then like someone who, you know, is literally buck naked. Like when you, when you think about that and when you've studied it before, it seems like some high and mighty writer from medieval times, you know, mm-hmm. super fancy. And then you have... Butt naked butt walking down the road. You know, good morning. <laughs> Hi, everybody. How's it yeah. going? This is me bum. <laughs> yeah. And he's very dirty. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the only really good portrayal of dirt in medieval times that we saw. It's like when it's caked onto his butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, his whole thing is that like he's a, a big gambler. So he always loses. And he always they always take the, the literally the shirt right off his back. So that's why he's walking around buck naked. But then he offers to write some with like patents of nobility, write him a fake, basically a fake letter saying, yes, I'm a lord. I'm a, I'm a, a knight. Good, like sir. A fake doctor's note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please allow my son to joust. Like Will, Will forged his, his father's name to let it get him into the tournament. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how they get Chaucer into the grift. And another fun thing that I, I read was that, so there's a, in, in like his, life story jeffrey chaucer there's like a six month period where nobody knows what happened to him oh is this supposed to be the six month like period? He, yeah like he just disappeared off the face of the earth there's no uh records of him being anywhere and they've said they, they were they basically said like yeah this movie is about what he was doing in those six months well, that's cute that's kind of neat it's like a real history nerd kind of joke but eh, it's I'm hard okay to think it. all of this happened in six months though yeah, he started from nothing, and then now he's like the coolest knight in all the land. Fell in love, got his dad back. Mm-hmm. All in six months. Came a night, yeah, six months. It's a pretty good year. It's like that bow body flex thing. In six months, you can change your stars, be a knight, get your daddy. <laughs> seven minutes stars. Follow me, Jeffrey Chaucer. Just seven minutes a day. Yeah. For six months. <laughs> Boom. I weighed 100 pounds, and now I weigh 145 pounds, and it's all pure muscle. I had gross dreadlocks. And no food, and now, <laughs> and now I'm so fat. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good thing back then, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Do you mean like fat or like fat? Yes. Like, yo, that it, shit is fat, bo- son. Both. Okay. It's both. <laughs> I'm fat, and that's fat. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I'm still doing the voice. I know. What kind of voice is that? You're like, you're doing your Wisconsin accent, don't you know? Oh, oh, oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a real, uh, I'm a real knight, and I joust in the tournaments there. You know. You sound like Bobby's mom. <laughs> Bobby's world. Yeah. <laughs> you, whenever you do that, you always sound like <sighs> Bobby's mom. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that show in years. Oh my god. You're right. That's exactly what I'm doing. Don't you know, Bobble? Oh, Bobble. So Will decides to take the name Sir Ulrich von Lichtenstein of Gelderland. Amazing night name, even better rock star name. Mm-hmm. Apparently that was a real person. 
Really? So can you imagine if that was actually a real person in the movie, and then the real guy just shows up at the end like, hey, what are you doing? You're stealing, you're stealing my name, and you're making everybody think I'm such a cool knight. I wonder if they knew him, and that's why they picked the name. Yeah, like they heard the name somewhere. It's like, yeah, that's, that's a good name. I like it. Maybe he had already died, and nobody knew. Oh, that's a good point. So Maybe. he just took the name. Uh, but then the love interest walks into the film. Named Jocelyn which is the name we don't learn for a long time because she makes Will earn the She's right to learn. She's a foxy lady in the beginning. Yes. She makes him earn the right to learn his name, her name. Excuse me. As far as their courtship goes, the beginning is slightly annoying. Slightly? It's very annoying. I don't like... I, don't, I just straight up don't like her. You don't like her? I don't like the character. I don't like him around her. That too. He... Yeah. She's very honest with her expectations. Mm-hmm. Which is good in a relationship, but slightly bitchy. I feel like she come, she could have portrayed herself better. Mm-hmm. But it's always good to be honest. And then he's just all up there. A big, dumb idiot. Yeah, he went from like zero to 100 very, very quickly. For every girl out there, we realize that is slightly scary. Just a touch. Just, just a, a little, little bit. The intensity seemed slightly scary. And of course, you have the scene where he brings the horse into church. <laughs> yeah. He walks the ho- he follows her into a church riding his horse, and then and like the the priest like yells at him like What do you think you're doing? You desecrate the house of God. That's what he says. And 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 Will just kind of goes, Oh, sorry, and leaves. <laughs> leaves with, with his tail behind his legs like a puppy. Can we talk about Jocelyn's outfit in the beginning? Yes, please. So. That's where she's wearing the thing on her head, correct? Yeah, like that white kind of angular hat thing. Yes. Yeah. So she looks like a spaceman. The one thing about this movie that's very historically inaccurate is the clothing. They all, first of all, they're not dirty. No. And like falling apart and like sewn together. They look very similar to potato sacks. Anyone who saw Kanye West's latest fashion line, they look like those kind of bland, monochromatic potato sack colors. Wait, that's is that real? Yes. So I literally wrote down in my list, looks like Kanye West clothes. (laughs) Cause that's what they reminded me of. I hadn't seen that. Oh man. Like Kanye's like basically making like burlap sack chic yes and like that very like brownish grayish lots of like cool tones you know i hate it yeah (laughs) thanks i hate it (laughs) but that's the first thing i think of and then you see her and her being so different from everybody which i know they did on purpose Mm. so she stood out but i don't know if she stood out in the best possible way she yeah she's supposed to be a lady like not just like a woman but like a, a noble lady and she just kind of walked. I wrote that she looks like a Star Trek extra. That's good, yeah. And have you? So people apparently do this where they go to Renaissance festivals dressed like Star Trek characters, and they do a thing like that. We're we're exploring an alien planet and we're observing the the native population. So that's what she was doing in Smoothie. <laughs> yeah, she's a space lady. I mean, it makes sense. That's what I wrote down, and I was like, she looks like a spaceman. Yeah, space lady. She kind of does. And that. Obviously, that is his type. Yeah. Aloof space lady. Aloof space lady, yeah. It could have been, been literally anybody, but it's her. And now we have to deal with her for the rest of the movie. We do. I learned to like her. 
I don't hate her right off the bat, but I do, I don't like their first interaction. I guess I learned to not like her. Okay. So maybe we're different there. I didn't like that their first interaction was basically medieval catcalling. Yeah, kind of. That's and then true. she was like, no, 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 no. So, I mean, basically he's trying to get her to tell him her name and she won't tell him. Right. She wants him to earn that right by winning the tournament that he's gone to. The next tournament. Okay. So then we get we go to the next tournament and like, all right, Will's got to hunker down and take care of some business. And so, of course, the song that plays during the tournament is Taking Care of Business by Bachman Turner Overdrive. And, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and play this song. You're, you're already humming it in your head. Now, I I hate this song for two reasons. Oh. <laughs> I don't hate hate the song, but I have two good reasons for not liking it, and they're both dumb. So okay. I might as well just air them out now. Uh, when I was a kid, my dad worked for Lowe's, like Lowe's Hardware. And so Home Depot was always like the, the distinguished competition that yeah, we always kind of hate. And at the time, Home Depot's theme song in their commercials was taking care of business. I remember that. So I just never liked it for that reason, which is, again, silly and dumb. Now I just don't like it because it's another rock song about how cool it is to be a rock star. And I just think those are kind of silly. Is it? You yeah. can hear the whistle blowing, people pushing, people shoving. I thought it was like getting the job done. Well, it was like the first verse is that. And the second verse is like, yeah, but if you want to be cool, just start a rock band. And you know, we, we, we love to work at nothing all day because we're a rock band. See, and they're taking care of business. See, I always liked that song. That's always one of the songs that was on my college get shit done oh, really? thing. I'm taking care of business. Writing this science report. Writing the science report. Taking care of business. Doing then, all the proofs. Now you ruined it, so thank you. Work out. <laughs> That's my job. That's what I do here. Uh, but yeah, Will whips ass in this tournament. Like, I literally wrote that in my notes. Will whips ass. It's basically, he wins for Jocelyn, but I feel like he also wins to help out his new friend. Because remember that Chaucer... Um, so they find the gambling problem with Chaucer before right. yes. he actually wins the tournament. And um, you get to see Chaucer naked again. Woo! Of course, yeah. Um, <laughs> but then you have these two guys, this, these two characters are introduced. And if you can yeah. think of medieval slime balls with mullets, mm -hmm. which I thought was a very good choice. But they call themselves... Something of the Lord. They do the Lord's bidding. One of whatever. them is like Simon the Summoner. Yeah. And the other was like something the Peter the Pardoner, I something guess. Something like that. And like, yeah, they're they're basically gonna kill Chaucer if he doesn't pay up. Medieval mafia. Medieval mafia, yeah. They're like what what are the what are the the weirdos from Always Sunny called? <gasps> the What's their name? I don't know, but they love milk. The po like, like the old boils. The old boils. The old boils or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the old boils. The old boils. Just douche chills all over. That's what that, that reminds me of. Kinda. Yeah. 
So uh, Will steps up and says, "Like, okay, I'll I'll win the tournament. I'll pay off his debt." And go. Which I I found that more respectful than him trying to win it for Jocelyn, right? Because it's like he literally just met him, but he, I mean that shows his true like character a little bit. Like he's nice. Yeah, he doesn't want him to get hurt or anything like that. So mm-hmm. why not just help a friend? Help a friend out, but help also also he needs him. He still needs him to like be his hype man and work for him and stuff, so he's got to help him out of that jam a little bit. And he does, and he... What what does he win? He wins like a, a like a horse statue. A pony. A pony, and he starts breaking... It's, it's a solid gold pony. He starts breaking it apart to pay people with. I, th- I found that part very interesting. There's lots of small instances in this movie I found very interesting. And this was one where they literally just break gold. Yeah, they just take it and... Like the, okay, they meet the blacksmith, Kate. And she like repairs his armor, and they pay her by she, like he gives her the the horse, and she just snaps the head off the horse. Any listeners we have out here who works with metals such as gold, is this possible? Yeah, can you actually just like break gold in like half? If, yeah, if you slam a gold statue against something hard, will it fall apart or just dent? Yeah, like I know they don't. They never made like real swords out of gold because it would just it would just. Crumble. See, I would expect it to dent, but they it's like it's not even just like broken, it is like sliced. Yeah, they just like snap it off. Like a clean break. Is this possible? That should that should be the poll. Hit us up uh on Twitter at OST Party and tell us <laughs> tell us all about it. <laughs> to all our jewelers out there. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to all the jewel thieves out there. No, 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 no. <laughs> the jewelers, the crafters who may use gold to make jewelry. The smiths, everybody. Morrissey. Basically, all you rich people, because if you're playing with gold, <laughs> Morrissey, if you're out there, tell us about this. Yeah. <laughs> God, um, but it's here also where we meet the villain of the film. Yes, Count Adamar. Excellent villain name. It is. It's just slimy and kind of evil. I sounded. love that he's a count. He's a. Ca- He's like, like Dracula. Yeah, because <laughs> a lot of the other people, if you listen, are sirs. But he was the only count in the movie. Yeah. So, of course, he's the villain. It's it's, uh, it's a little too perfect. But he no. plays it so well. He's so slimy and just, like, mean. And not only a villain in jousting or an opponent in jousting, but he also likes the lady. He's, he's after Jocelyn, but he makes it very clear that he just wants her as, like, a trophy wife. He doesn't actually care about her he just wants her when we first meet him he brings a bird yeah he's got his he, <laughs> he's sitting next to jocelyn like when they're watching the tournament and he's got a guy with a falcon right next to him and the falcon's just like right there on his face who never does anything but it's just a man holding a bird and i felt like that was a true sign of power <laughs> of nobility look at this man who just brings his bird <laughs> look i don't i don't just have a man i have a man with a bird right I like to think that that bird is his best friend, and he just travels with him. Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> see now I I, I first, first imagined him as a vampire, but then like now I'm thinking of him as, as like a a birdman kind of thing. I don't know. But then you bring up the the falcon, and it just makes me think of medieval times. Now now I'm like thinking about like going to medieval times because, and again, that's another thing that you and I like to do is to just go down to the beach and go see a a, a fancy dinner and a show at medieval times. <laughs> It is one of my favorite activities on the beach to go get drunk at medieval times and <laughs> watch the birds. Yeah. If you've never been, I highly do recommend it because it, it's a little expensive, but look online for the coupon, friends. Of course, they're out there. They they're are out, out there. there, and you can get it, and it's really fun. 
It actually really is like it's. I mean, it's a it's a dinner and a show, and they it's like the thing where they bring you, you know, uh, soup in a cup, and it's like dragon's blood, mm-hmm. and you get a half a roast chicken, and uh, everything is related to dragon until you get to the vanilla ice cream, and <laughs> it's vanilla ice cream yeah, because they, they don't want you to connect that any way to a dragon. <laughs> and if it was chocolate ice cream, oh, absolutely, game over. Yeah. It's a good time, but. Um, it's very similar to this movie in that it is highly unrealistic for actual medieval times. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of, uh, what is it called where you ruin it for somebody again? A spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. They are all just friends in the end of medieval times. Mm-hmm. They're just good friends, which is... <laughs> I'm sure that's not historically accurate. But also, it's just like this movie in that all of a sudden, there's a guy with a bird. And he does bird tricks around the arena. And... It's always fun because they always tell the little kids to like not put their hands up because the bird will they the bird will eat your hand. It'll grab on and kill you. Probably not, but <laughs> it's, it's always fun to watch the little kids like squirm, like, oh my god, it's gonna get me. Right. See, if Adamar had let his bird do what they do in medieval times, this could have been a different movie. Yeah. Every lady loves a bird man. You heard it here first, everybody. <laughs> so it was at this point in the film we got Adamar and we got Will. And they're both competing for Jocelyn's hand. Correct. It was at this point that I realized this movie is based on an old, ancient, and medieval tale called Two Princes by the band Spin Doctors. <laughs> you get the one prince who's rich, and if she married Adamar, her dad would be like, oh, yeah, that's great. But if she married Will, her dad probably would have hated her for life. And that's, that's literally the plot of uh, Two Princes. In the beginning, I find that Jocelyn hates them both, almost. (laughs) Yeah, you're kind of right. I feel like she just comes to accept Will. She tolerates him? (laughs) Yeah. You got all the the knights in line saying, I will win this tournament for you. And the next guy's like, no, I will win this tournament for you. So it's not just the two of them. It's like all of them. Right. Which, that that seems like a lot. It does, and I, that's what that's why I say it was, it's a wee bit creepy that Will's trying to just, like, add himself to the list. And, of course, he comes back after that, and he's like, tell me your name. Or do angels not have names or, like, beautiful faces? Right, yeah. Which is a pickup line. <laughs> if I've ever heard one, that's a pickup line. <laughs> so he comes back from a pickup line to a picket line, pickup line the second time he meets her as well. Mm. So he's not giving, I mean a great first impression because she obviously didn't like it the first time and so what is he going to do? He's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. <laughs> but also he's like he's the the one knight who doesn't like get in line at, at the tournament to say that to her and she takes notice that she's like oh maybe he's maybe he's different from the rest of them. No not really. No not really. <laughs> not really. He just didn't know you're supposed to do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then so Adamar beats Will in the tournament. He wins that tournament. But Will wins in, like, the sword fighting competition, so he still makes his money. But then Adamar beats him and his, like, his, his, like, villain line in the movie. He says, You have been weighed, you have been measured, and you have been found wanting. It's not a great villain line. No, not really. But, I mean, it, it definitely says what he wants to say. Yeah. You fucking suck. I'm better than you. Right. Yeah, pretty much. This is the instance where I question, I question Will. Really? Yes. Because the whole point was for him, Roland, and what was the other squire's name? Uh, Alan Tudyk. It's um, 
Watt. W A T. Watt. What? Okay. So what? for all three of them to basically just be able to survive, mm-hmm. you know, to get money to survive, and he does that. He wins the sword. Yeah. Yet this is the instance where I see pride taking over. He doesn't just want to survive anymore. He wants to like be a real knight, like the jousters he saw when I, he was little. Yeah. I don't know if I agree with his decision. I mean, I get it. And it also helps that Adamar is just such an awful bully. Like, you just want to see him beat the bully. I do, but he's making that decision for multiple people because his friends joined him in this journey. true. So when he makes that decision, he makes it solely when I feel like that should have been a group decision. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, we let's like huddle up. Do we all hate this guy? Yeah, we all hate this guy. Right. It's, but luckily his friends support him in his mm-hmm. endeavors, so it's not a huge deal. But the first thing that crossed my mind was, that is a very selfish decision. It kind of is. Maybe and this is his first selfish decision where he truly wants to find himself. Mm-hmm. But still, it's, it's almost like it was a life or death choice for not just himself, but multiple people. So you need to just be like, hey, mm-hmm. you guys, this is very important to me. But that would ruin the movie, of course. Right, of course. But also, it's, you know, Adamar's the the champion jouster. So if Will wants to keep jousting, he's going to have to fight him again, right. you know. So, but then Adamar rubs it in a little bit when um, Will gets invited to a fancy dinner party. By Jocelyn. By Jocelyn. Who wants to match. So her handmaiden asks, you know, asks his, his uh, guys what Will will be wearing. And uh, Roland is just like looking at their tent. He's like just describing the tent. It's like uh, green with some white. And then it was like a wooden... Wooden toggles. Wooden toggle. He's just describing the tent. And I wanted it to be that they made his clothes out of the tent, but <laughs> no, it, he, he got a different outfit. But then, of course, Will has to show everybody this fancy dance from Gelderland because he's the newcomer and they want to know what kind of dances they do in Gelderland. It was Adamar trying to embarrass him. Yes. But luckily, Jocelyn helped him out. So we see she's thawing. She likes him more now. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want him to be embarrassed like Adamar embarrassed him earlier. Right. Exactly. And this is the the musical number that I think my parents liked the most. I think it's just because they like the song the most. It's where they dance, do this very medieval dance to Golden Years by David Bowie. Some of these days and it won't be long Gonna drive back down where you once belonged In the back of a dream car, 20 foot long Don't cry, my sweet, don't break my heart Doing all right, you gotta get smart Wish upon, wish upon, day upon day I believe, oh Lord, I believe, oh I liked the introduction to the song very, very much because it seemed like they started out with kind of medieval instruments mm-hmm. and slowly worked it into golden years. Yeah. Um, we just finished watching that show, Bridgerton. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the Vitamin String Quartet does something similar to that where they have Billie Eilish's bad guy. And mm. then I think it's Maroon 5's Girls Like You. But it's like slowed down into that kind of like Bridgerton era. Like Victorian sort of string music. Right. Yeah. Like it, on the harpsichord or whatever. Yeah. And it's, it's the same kind of idea, but they you're right. They do it so well. It works Perfect. It does. I wish they would have, like, once I heard this song, I wish they would have done that more mm. in the movie instead of, you know, like the beginning, they just play like Serious Queen, We Will Rock You. Yeah. But this one, they kind of like fed into it. Yeah, it, it, it worms its way in there. Yeah. And I, and this is one that I don't really have a strong opinion on because I, this is the only place I've ever heard this song before. So I don't really have a connection to Golden Years. 
Mm. It's a fine song. You know, I don't dislike it. I'm trying to think of another movie that I've seen it in. I have no idea. I don't know either. I do think this was a great choice for this spot of the movie, though. Oh, yeah. It's it's a fun little dance number because he's clearly trying because he doesn't know how to dance. He's just kind of like miming steps that somebody showed him. And then Jocelyn jumps in and like makes it a dance and it works. And everybody starts dancing along like they've known this dance their whole lives. This reminded me, um, some of the notes I was taking was that this movie reminded me of She's All That, mm-hmm. which is another 90s, almost rags to riches story. Um, but if you've ever seen that movie as well, there's a scene at prom where everyone just magically knows the same oh, dance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. And you know, like Will could be Rachel Lee Cook, <laughs> and kind of like, because you know, it's Heath Ledger, so obviously he's not ugly. But then you cut off his dreadlocks, and he's a sexy nut. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now he goes to the ball, or aka the prom, yeah, banquet, yeah, the whatever. party, <laughs> and they just all know the same dance. Yeah, it's it is kind of the same thing. You're right. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> it is fun. And I mean, yeah, it's it's a movie, so of course you're they're allowed to have fun with stuff like that. But yeah, I never really realized it is it is kind of she's all that. Mm-hmm. He is ye all that. No, no, okay. <laughs> I tried, I tried. But yeah, Adamar is is uh, thoroughly clowned in this scene because oh man, I wish I wish he hadn't known how to dance. Yeah, <laughs> it's so silly. And then uh, the next thing we see. Kate, the blacksmith, invents the Nike swoosh. Oh, I did notice that. <laughs> and she says it's so that if anybody uh, sees his sees her handiwork, they'll know it's hers. But it's like it's literally the Nike swoosh symbol, right? Uh, like she etched, etched it onto his his new armor. She is one of my favorite characters in this movie. I liked her a lot. She's so cool. Mm-hmm. And her whole thing, like they make it very clear that like she's not out to just prove herself as like a girl blacksmith. She's just a blacksmith. Right. But she takes herself very seriously. And her work very seriously. Mm-hmm. And she actually also like becomes one of the boys, basically, at the end. She's able to join the group, which I think um, if you learn a little bit of her backstory, you know, she lost her husband and she's yeah. obviously outcasted by the other blacksmiths for her being a woman. And yet you see her making these almost like brother characters. So it was good to see her kind of find find her place because yeah. obviously the place where they found her in the movie wasn't where she was supposed to be. No. So I liked that part a mm. lot. Yeah, she's a good character. I like her too. And she was just really funny putting <laughs> all the boys in her place. <laughs> or the, the scene where they're teaching Will how to dance. And like Chaucer's like keeping the beat and he's dancing with what and it's just not going well. And then Kate comes in the room and they all look at her like, what, you're expecting me to teach you how to dance? <laughs> what, like all girls know how to dance? Yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and she did. <laughs> so she was very kind. Um, so the next bit, the next bit in this film is like we meet Prince Edward. Prince Edward is like he like he's legitimately the Prince of England. Prince of Wales. Prince of Wales, yeah. And he likes to joust. I guess what he likes to do. But because he's the prince, he never loses. Nobody ever wants to joust him. Which I don't understand because you would think royalty could do whatever they wanted. Right. They could force, you must play me. But I guess you wouldn't get the true challenge because they'd be like, oh, I have to lose. Right. It's like, um, yeah, people don't, people are afraid to to compete against him because what if they win? Is he going to have me killed? I don't know. Mm. You never know. But he just legitimately likes to compete. 
So, and then Will recognizes this. He realizes, like, well, he's competing. Of course, he's going to take on that risk. And he's going to, if he, if he gets hit, it's his own damn fault. They're almost similar in that aspect in that they're both not meant to compete, yet they just want that challenge. Mm-hmm. They just really like to. Right. They just enjoy it. They become bosom buddies. They do. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good to be the king, and it's also good to be best friends with the king. Right. Which you don't, <laughs> spoiler alert, you don't find out till later. That's true. Uh, so, Will and the gang go to France, I want to say? Yes. For their Paris. Ne- Paris. Cause they're, yeah, because they're taking Kate to Paris. Mm-hmm. That's where she wanted for to For the go. next tournament. And it's here, the next song uh, plays on the soundtrack. It's Further On Up the Road by Eric Clapton. So I'm going to go ahead and play a clip here. It wouldn't be out of place in Roadhouse or something. I missed this song because I was focusing on the song that they sang. Oh, yeah. He comes from Gelderland. 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 <laughs> it's very catchy. So the little ditty they do literally like Chaucer makes outshined. Up a song yeah. For... <laughs> outshined the song playing in the bar. I truly missed this song with my note taking. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't catch it either, but I had to go back and like listen to all and realize, like, oh, wait a minute. That's from that scene. And it, it works because it's it's bar music and they're playing it in the bar. The notes I have from that part are Gelderland song is bomb. <laughs> <laughs> He's blunt. He's pissed. He'll see, see you in the It's Lichtenstein. Lichtenstein. He's blunt. He's hacked. He comes from Gelderland. He comes from Gelderland. 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 Basically, but they also like they talk up, you know, a big game about Will and the jousting tournament. And the French people are very pissed off about this because I guess the French people and the French versus the English, the French versus the English. French and wine is too blah, blah, blah for English Billy. Yeah. Too fancy for English Billy's. You're right. Uh, so then the next little bit in the film, the next tournament where Will has to once again compete for Jocelyn's affection. Uh, and it's the song Get Ready by the band Rare Earth, which I'm going to play a clip of here. Now, this is the second time we've heard Get Ready on this podcast. We heard it back in our Dumb and Dumber episode. This is another cover of the Temptation song by the Proclaimers. But here it's Rare Earth. It's kind of a more like classic Rocky kind of vibe. <laughs> who doesn't love a good Temptation song? I ask you. But really, who doesn't love a good Temptation song? I thought I, li- I do like this song. I thought it was out of place. Really? Yes. Because this is a point where he, he has to lose. On purpose. Mm, yeah. So it's like, get ready, because here I come, and it's like, I'm bringing you a love machine, so get yeah. ready. But, um... <laughs> but hold on a minute. <laughs> right. So she is literally making him lose, but in the process of losing, he is getting beat to hell. Oh, yeah. Like, um, he's getting just bam after bam after bam after bam. And then you see her, like, kind of jump up, like, 
oh, he loves me. He does love me because he's destroying his career for me. This is a very toxic relationship moment. <laughs> and then they play this catchy, Yeah. And it's not. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't change the way I view the scene. It's a very happy song, but in the beginning, I'm like, this is not a good situation. It's not great, no. And then she changes her mind like halfway through, and wants him to win. Okay, okay, okay. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Any sane <laughs> man would be like, this bitch is crazy. <laughs> Listen, I'm done. I'm going home. Right. She has lost her damn mind. But uh, so yeah, Will. I, I get. I guess the last round of the tournament, Will finally has to like trying to, trying to find the right word. He has to win the losers bracket to get. If they do it, yeah, where kind of like college basketball, you have the losers bracket, and then you're you're able to come back. But he would literally probably have to win every single dra- joust after that and be hurt. Right. So it does show, I guess, his skill in it all. He has gained very good jousting skills, mm-hmm. but it also shows. Jocelyn is crazy. She's, yeah, like, does he really want me or not? Or is he just trying to get in my pants? Let, right. me, let me play the ultimate game. Is this the part where she comes back after he has, like, antagonized her? Like, they had wrote the letter, or is this after that? I, wa- I want to say... Like, is this how he wins her back after he talks mean to her that one time? You're just a girl in a, with a silly flower. Yes, yes, you're so right. So this is her coming back from that. So it could ultimately be payback. Possibly, yeah, yeah. Because there was a scene um, before they arrive in Paris where Will and Jocelyn have a moment where he calls her a silly girl with a silly flower. A flower doesn't keep you warm. And a rose never knocked a man off a horse either, did it? You're just a silly girl, aren't you? Better a silly girl with a flower than a silly boy with a horse and a stick. This Fuck is, you. This is the low point in the relationship. <laughs> where they both hate each other just a little bit. <laughs> but uh, so the, the second part of the tournament, he has to come back and win. And we get the next song on our soundtrack. It's uh, Sly and the Family Stone with I Want to Take You Higher, which in my notes, I accidentally wrote, I want to take you hither. <laughs> You're which, already getting into it. Which seems appropriate. So let's go ahead and play that. There was a moment when we were watching this movie and I was singing along to it and Nikki didn't know what I was doing and I was just going boom laka 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 boom laka laka she just gave me this weird look like what's wrong with you cuz it does not sound like the song higher at all First of all he got into it and there was like a dance <laughs> So <laughs> Okay fine So we're very quiet and serious watching this movie like I said first time podcaster so I was taking notes she And has, then she has four pages of notes it's And impressive. then all of a sudden Joseph's like Boom, lock, 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 boom, lock, lock. Scared me, scared the cat. <laughs> I like this song, okay? Yes. <laughs> both, both of us are like, what the hell? What just happened? Yeah, you like you like gave me this death stare, and I was just like, what? It sounded like the intro to Crash. Boom, boom, lock, 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 boom, boom. <laughs> but Will wins the tournament. He the, does. The loser For Jocelyn. Bracket. For Jocelyn. We'll say that. And now comes the big like finale where they have to go back to their hometown and win the big tournament. 
before we talk about that, I want to talk about something else. Okay. Where he was losing for Jocelyn, his friends, when they were at the bar, remember they made that big old bet? So he's oh. literally willing to lose all the money that he has earned for his friends and himself who were poor for this lady. Another very selfish will moment, I would say. So like you said before, these two people are made for each other because they're I, both the worst. I I think he's the worst more than I think she's the worst. I feel like this is a very bad friend moment. I agree. Because it, it literally states, Chaucer states, this is all the money we have. Right. And he is willing to lose everything they have worked so hard for because a lady he's lo- known less than six months because we estimated this whole movie would be six months. Yeah. A lady he's long known less than six months he will lose everything for her based off their three conversations he's yeah he's met her literally three times almost like a romeo and juliet scenario where they're just fucking stupid Mm -hmm. he's been to rock bottom so he should be scared to go if you've ever known hardship once you get to that low point you never want to go back and he should know (laughs) he He does not want to go back no. Especially for a lady. Mm-mm. No. I mean, Chaucer could tell him, like, you want to walk around naked all day? Be my guest. Right. I don't know. He might be into that. But he's willing to sacrifice sacrifice not only the tournament and his pride, but his friends and all the money that they have gained so far. And their livelihoods. And as their well careers as his own. and their reputations. Not good. No. No. Mm-mm. He's the worst. Kind of. So I, I, I'm assuming that by kind of coming in second place in all this he loses a lot of money is that does he come in second i thought he wins because isn't adamar he's already went to war at this point that's right prince edward sends adamar away to war because i think he's trying to give will a leg up either that or it's just whatever it war. just happens because because yeah. because adamar's account and that's what counts do mm-hmm. but there's a great scene while, while adamar is away at battle and like what his um his i guess squire his thank you his squire brings him like a uh, word from the home country and it's just like uh it's basically like a bunch of newspapers of will winning the next like winning every sporting match for the mm-hmm. for like a month and he's just like oh god he won again he won again he's taking all of my records he's he's destroying my reputation i have to go back you kind of see that anger mm-hmm. he was the champion mm-hmm. champions want to say the champ so they go home they're going back to london where they're all from and of course what classic rock song could they possibly be playing another favorite this is one of my favorite summer songs oh yeah this is a good one the boys are back in town thin lizzy let's do it guess who just got back today them wild night boys that had been away haven't changed had much to say but man i still think them cats are great they were asking if you were around how you was where you could be found Told them you were living downtown, driving all the old men crazy. Yeah, the, boy, the boys and Kate are back in, in London, which is where Will is. They're next to their hometown, basically. It is, because he's from Cheapside, London. Cheapside. I wonder if Cheapside is actually like a district in London. I don't know. But I. it's weird, because when they go through Cheapside, the people from Cheapside have a very distinguished accent. Mm-hmm. Yet he, he never had that. And his dad doesn't have... His dad has lived in Cheapside the whole time. That's what I got from him being from London and Cheapside. <laughs> <laughs> they have... It's almost like, what, a Cockney? A Cockney yeah. accent? But his dad and him don't have it. 
Mm-mm. I guess you can't ha- the of course the Cockney accent sounds it's like your Southern twang. It's almost like um, a little <laughs> less intelligent because of your accent. It is like the British version of Southerners. Yeah, right. You have that like Southern twang accent. Mm. I'm not gonna try because it it's just gonna be awful. It's like honey in your mouth while you're drinking a mint julep out on the veranda. <laughs> That's a southern. <laughs> You're trying to bait me into doing this accent. Do it. <laughs> I'll have a mint julep on the veranda, eh, governor? Like that. <laughs> That's all I got. It's a it's a Savannah accent when you're down and you're in the cotton fields and you're wearing a white suit looking like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> or it's a Blanche Devereaux accent. When she talks about, oh my God, Dorothy, I can't believe it. So that kind of accent, but we're getting off point here, practicing our Southern accent. Right. I mean, if the Golden Girls had been in this movie, that would be great. That would have been great. That could be his squires. Yeah. Oh no, his his like his uh, his fangirls. The Sophia, <laughs> picture it. Nineteen, blah blah blah, Sicily. Mm. B. Arthur just standing in the stands, just watching the Jetson going Mm-mm. with that face. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they're back in London and they get ready for the next, like the big final showdown tournament. Will decides to sneak away to go and find his dad. He meets this. He meets this little girl who it's so cute. She tells him like you know he, she's he is her favorite knight, and whenever they play knights, she always has to play as him. Very which, cute moment, which is adorable. And then he asks her about his dad. Do you remember an old man named Thatcher? And she's like, oh, yeah, he he lives in that house. And I thought for a second she was trying to suggest that that was he, he was also her dad. Oh, because she's like, like, that would be like his um, like his like half sister. Yeah, well, because she says like, oh, yeah, I live in that house just down there. And he's like, do you remember the some old man? And she's like, yeah. And she goes, yeah, he still lives there. So I just thought she meant that's her dad. But it's not. I don't think so. And that's where you're reintroduced to William's father, mm-hmm. who has had a, a side effect of being a, a Thatcher for so long and went blind. Oh, do you mean like he looked at the sun so long working on rooftops? Either that or you know how like Thatcher sometimes, like how he was making the net mm-hmm. and he was doing it by candlelight. Yeah. That would have to strain your eyes. Oh, that's true. Yeah, especially if you do it for so long. I'm sure he he must have had some kind of issues. And at that point, he was just kind of doing it for muscle memory. Right, which was very neat. Yeah. A blind man making a fishing net, very impressive. Pretty cool. I would pay good money for that fishing net. He may be the best character. He's, his dad's adorable. Him and Kate. <laughs> his dad is so adorable because like, he just wants what's best for his son. And they have like, this like, like the great little... Father-son reunion moment. It made me cry. It, it was very good, yeah. <laughs> of course, like I said, we were coming off of him almost losing and then winning for Jocelyn. And so I had some some angst against Will, mm-hmm. and yet seeing him with his father made me be like, oh. He's got a new a new reason to oh, win. He's going right. to win for his dad. Yeah, like he's, he's trying to win for his father, like he said. That's perfect. So makes you like him a little bit Final, more. Final, uh, yeah. Well, we got to talk about the point where, okay, so when he was talking to his father and he went and saw his father, Adamar being the sneaky spy versus spy bad guy, <laughs> follows him like an asshole. Snidely whiplash over here, yeah. He's yeah. Just a, he has no villain. other point of following him except to be a bad guy. Mm-hmm. 
So he follows him and he makes, I don't see how he jumps to the conclusion that that's his father when it could just be Will visiting Cheapside, but exactly he realizes that's his father for some reason. Yeah, he puts Will in the stockade and shame, like publicly shames him. And this is where um, you see his friends standing up for him. So the friends that he has let down, not necessarily let down, but you know he is willing to lose all their money. These people still stand up for him and don't want him to get hurt. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that brotherhood. It's like a team. It's a they're, they're a team. They're they are all bros before hoes except for Will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really <laughs> he's are. the only hoe before bro of the group. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> But yeah, so, and then Prince Edward shows back up to the deus ex Prince Edward to make Will a knight. And he like tells Will, like, look at these people. Look at your, your, your crew. They're standing up for you. They fucking love you. Yeah. I That's... see Prince Edward is like a, a big badass in this scene. Because he's like, my historians have found out that he is from ancient lineage of knighthood. And it's like, do not question me. And he's kind of like going to the side eye like, right? Yeah. yeah. And there will be no contest to this. And I was like, okay. like you said, it's good to be the king. Damn. It's good to be the king. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he makes Will a real knight. So he doesn't have to go by uh, Sir Ulrich anymore. He's now Sir William. Very sweet moment. Very good moment. And I have to imagine on Will's face, like when, when Prince Edward pulls the sword out, he's just like, oh, God, he's just going to kill me right here, isn't he? Nope. 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 Even better. Uh <laughs> Even, even, even better than dying? There's a lot of stuff that is even better than dying. Yeah. <laughs> even better than getting my head cut off. I became a knight. It's not getting my head cut off and actually winning a lot of money. God. <laughs> so he he fights Adamar on the jousting court. Is it a ring? I don't know what they call it. A field? A field. The field of battle. I don't know. The jousting field of battle. And Adamar tips his jousting spear and like runs metal. He runs like runs in through. Yeah, it's like he cheats and makes a hollow tip. It's like a hollow tip. Like you know how with like a lead point. Yeah, sometimes hunters have hollow tips in their arrows. Yeah. It's basically the same thing, but with a jousting stick. Mm-hmm. And he runs Will through with it and Will dies ten minutes after the credits roll, right? Yeah, you know how I told you, like, the historical inaccuracies of all this? Mm-hmm. First of all, they pull it out. If you um, if you ever get ran through with something, you're supposed to leave it in until you go to the doctor, first of all. No matter how big it is? Fun like, fact. if it's, like, a huge jousting stick, for example? I, I don't know, because, you know, that's the, one of the rules of the ER. If they come in with something, you don't take it out. Right. You, until, like, you're actually on the operating table. Because once you, once you pull it out, that's when all the... Yeah, you can't gut un- score. You can't undo that, basically. Gunk. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he, ice cream <laughs> falls out. <laughs> he got stabbed in the shoulder. I don't know how much ice cream's gonna be up there. You know. Yeah, if you ever got stabbed in a place, that's a really good place to get stabbed. It's in between. <laughs> if I had to choose, if you had to choose, mm. yeah, that's a very. It's a very good, meaty. Good place to place. get stabbed is kind of like your. Your none collarbone your, area. None of your vitals are right there. Right. Well, I guess you got some pretty important like veins and stuff, but most of them go yeah. to your arm, though. Yeah. Because all the important ones go like this. All of these are your arms. Okay. I, I could live with that. I so, think. worst case scenario, he's one armed Will. <laughs> one armed Will. <laughs> After this movie. Oh, <laughs> a Knight's Tale too. <laughs> one armed Will. 
That sounds mean. A little bit. <laughs> but yeah, Will kicks uh, Adamar's ass. Knocks him off his horse so hard. Barely. That he just floats in the air. Yes, there's a scene where... Um, so it's kind of a flashback to earlier in the movie where Will gets hit one time and his life literally flashes before his eyes. Yeah, he remembers being a little kid and seeing like the actual knights walking you know, through town. And so then this happens to Adamar, except Adamar just kind of floats in midair, and then Will's team says his line back to him. You have been weighed. You have been measured. And you absolutely have been found wanting. Welcome to the new world. God save you. If it is right that he should do so. That's it for him. It is. I, <laughs> he vanishes. I don't think that's a good closure because he's still alive. Mm-hmm. He's still evil. And now he it could be like a revenge scenario. Yeah. He, I mean, he wants to come back. And so, I been, mean. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, like that. He, he should have died. <laughs> He should have lost so hard that it killed him. Right, because now with him being as evil as he is and you see him kind of like antagonizing Will the whole movie, it's almost like, well, now Will won. He's going to get him even harder. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt in my mind he's going to come back. Well, I mean, Will is an actual knight now, so I don't know what he could possibly do. Aside from just straight killing him. I don't know. He just seems pretty evil. I mean, they talk about him in the battlefield and how he just like took out whole villages. Yeah, he didn't care. Yeah. So a newly made knight from Cheapside, no offense to Will, but it seems like Adamar would just like just roll over you. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Assassinate him or something. That's true. Um, but no, we don't we're concentrating on the wrong thing here. Oh. That he did win. No, Whoa, no, no, that Adamar is still out there and not dead. Because no, what what the real the real ending is uh, Will and Jocelyn make out in front of everybody, God and Roland and everybody, and then ACDC starts playing. It does. You shook me all night long. You know what? Just because it's a fun song, let's play some of it. that was a weird song choice but i didn't hate it because like you said i do like that song it's a good song it's like it's a very provocative song Mm -hmm. it's basically the movie saying and then they had sex but they've already had sex yeah so what's the point what's the point right (laughs) it's like a hitchcock movie where like the what's that movie i think it's north by northwest where like they're in the train car and the last thing you see is the train going in the tunnel yeah hint hint wink wink that's kind of how the movie ends It's such a popular, it's such a big song. I don't even know what to say about it. Like I've only seen ACDC one time, and that was when they had the lead singer of Axl Rose. Yeah, they had the lead singer of Guns N' Roses um, yeah. take over, and that was the tour where he was doing it. And that was one of the better songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think they cho- they chose a popular song that people would connect to, but I don't think, you know, like it could have been a better song because he just won and it's like so uplifting and you know it's 
it's like supposed to be happy, even though Adamar's still out there and is totally going to kill him. That's like true. the next, he's either going to have his arm cut off, cause a sepsis, or Adamar's like going to just assassinate him. But you don't think about that right then. No, because it's important that he wins the girl and they probably have sex in front of a whole crowd of people. I don't know what else they could have used. Because it's, you're right, it's kind of on the nose. There's got to be other better songs. There has to be. So I, I want to workshop it, but I don't want to like spend all night thinking about her song. This could have been a good place to use the song higher. Take you higher. Because he just, you know, like won. Mm-hmm. And he's going up from there. Mm-hmm. But not really because he's going to die. That's true. That's true. They, they could have used a different David Bowie song. They could have just used Heroes right here. That would have been a really good choice. Yeah. Because he is like, again, he's like, he's the hero. Mm-hmm. He changed, or, you know, like something to do with stars because he supposedly changed his stars. So there's got to be like something. Space trucking. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you know a good song for this spot, let us know. Yeah, that, maybe like, that, maybe that should be the poll. What should what song should this movie have ended? What on? should this have ended with? I think Heroes is a really good choice. I mm. feel like if they moved higher over there, that would have been a good choice. I guess that's a good song to like leave the theater on because like this is the one the song like Will and Jocelyn kiss and then it like it fades to stars oh like he's changed his stars but see i feel like they could have played on that more instead of just playing acdc sex song right yeah um <laughs> but then like they play acdc sex song and they get used some Starfield and credits and then you walk out singing humming uh acdc in the parking lot mm-hmm. it's not bad it's not but then um that's the end of the movie uh but also there's one more song we have to talk about uh because we played we will rock you at the beginning and We Will Rock You is always accompanied by We, are the, we are the Champions. So we have to end the movie on We Are the Champions. I don't like that they used a Queen version of We Will Rock You, but then they did they did somebody else's version of We Are the Champions. Yeah, it's uh, it's Robbie Williams. Yeah. It wasn't a bad version. It just wasn't. It's not the same. It's not the same, right. Uh, yeah, because like they're, they're going with all these classic rock songs, songs that they, they know that you know. And then they remake. Like, Almost like the originals, and then they use a remake at like the very, very yeah. end. And I don't understand that that choice. I guess it's because they, I know there's a music, I saw the music video for this song out there. The mo- It's the moolah. She she made the money, the money symbol with her hands. <laughs> it's cheaper to probably use the Robbie Williams yeah, just version. Than pay the him Queen. a little bit to re-record it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but also there's a music video for that version out there, and it's like Robbie Williams and his band in like a medieval bar playing the song to like a crowd of people. And it's kind of like the scene from this movie where it's just like all the people uh, hanging out at a bar, having a good time. Eric Clapton's in the background. Like you don't even notice. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just like singing. We are the champions. It's fine. It's not bad. I'll go. (laughs) There's that crazy Robbie Williams singing. We are the champions that never heard it before. And then the man in a bar we are the champions, we my friends. That's like a Bobby Hill voice. Well, <laughs> drunk man in a bar. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, not that we're making fun of this song. It's a wonderful song. We're making fun of Robbie Williams. Oh, that sounds even meaner. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, right. That's that's a nice tale. So, Nikki, I guess my last question for you: What do you think of this album? Like as a soundtrack? Like, what do you, do you think the it's it's it, it holds up? Do you think actually, you know what? I just realized there's like two or three songs in here we didn't even get to talk about because they're not in the movie. What are the other ones? Uh there's Crazy on You by Heart. 
That's that seems like a big one. That should be like a Jocelyn song. That should be the end song. Crazy, right? Because they have like a very crazy relationship. Mm-hmm. Also, that is one of my favorite songs. It's a great song. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing song. When we first started dating, I made a playlist. Ah. And that was <laughs> one Aww. of these songs. I never knew that. Crazy on you. <laughs> she, cra- she crazy on me. Uh, but yeah, the other two songs here, Dan Powell with Pieces. I don't know that song. And also, there's a Third Eye Blind song on here. What's the Third Eye Blind called song? Called I Conqueror. Never heard that one Beats either. Beats me. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll play it at the end of this episode. Who knows? But uh, so... I hate that they didn't have the heart song in the movie. There could have been a lot of good places for that. I know there would it would have been so good. What's what's the redheaded friend's name? I would just ask you that. Watt. Watt. That could be like his theme song. He is like psycho the whole He's movie. Amazing and ridiculous. He threatens everyone. I will hurt you. I will hit you. I will. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And his was like his. I had a question about because a lot of the characters have like colored hair in the movie. Like his, he is like bright orange. Like I know, I think he's a redhead naturally anyway, but they dyed it. They try to enhance it. Bright orange. But see, you would think with that, he would have almost like a a Welsh accent. Yeah, I guess so. But he doesn't. I want to say he's American too. So maybe he just couldn't do the accent. (laughs) Oh, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, that would have been so good. And like Kate, she like has a little bit of a green in her hair mm-hmm. and jocelyn changes her hair with her outfit i know there was a de- there was definitely one scene where it was like bright purple mm-hmm. and then she had the gold the gold at the end the golden twirls yeah i thought that was pretty that was kind of neat i wondered how they did that especially in another thing that's not historically correct there's no way she could have had curls like that back then <laughs> they did not have hairspray <laughs> well I don't know. <laughs> they didn't want everybody to look like a dumpster, I guess. But it's medieval times. Everybody was a, I mean, like. A, <laughs> Every, everybody <laughs> was a dumpster. You almost said that. I almost did. But I mean, so what little I know about medieval England. Yeah. Which is not a lot by any means. Yeah. But is all bad. Mm-hmm. The plague. They used to throw poop in the street. And <laughs> that was one of the fun facts. Yeah. They would just throw poop in the street. But then you you don't get any of that from this movie. I guess because it would take away from it. It wouldn't Probably. be it wouldn't be a romantic yeah, story it, with him walking through shit everywhere. And this is like a, this is supposed to be like a cool movie for teenagers to go see. So I don't think they would have liked that too much. No. Which that actually that brings up another question I had. Like, so this is like a this is supposed to, this is geared towards like teenagers and young people, right? Right. And it's all classic rock songs. Did you think any of them? Like, I guess I said us at that age. Do you think we cared at all? Did you care at all about those songs as a teen? That was actually the music I was listening to at the time. Okay. Um, like I said, me me too. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're not probably not the best people to ask that question to. I guess. My daddy took me to school every day, and he played only one specific radio station that only played classic rock. Rock 92? Yes. Mm-hmm. I know um, that That's why, yeah, I knew all of those songs, but um, he was not a fan of any other music, so anytime we were in the car and he was driving, that is what we listened to, which I appreciate. Shout out to Joe Shermer for giving me good musical taste. Healthy appreciation of the classics. Right. I love it. <laughs> yeah, my dad was the same way. Like, 
my mom listened to the oldie station because they played Beatles music. My dad listened to the classic rock station because they played ACDC. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much how it was when I was a kid. So I got I got a healthy dose of both. You know? I think that's good. Yeah, and kids these days, let me tell you. <laughs> Let's talk about kids these days. No, no, I don't know. I think it's the same. I think you have that mix where people like old stuff and then people like new stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was the same way. Like I, I think I've mentioned how much I loved boy bands when I was younger. Oh, and, yeah, and, and that's fine. That's why they cast, you know, Heath Ledger because he was the, the baby face. All the hot young boy, actors. Heart yeah. heartthrob, right. Yeah. But, um... And plus, you, you, you got, um... Uh, Chaucer and Jocelyn, they're hot young actors too, right. I guess. And so, yeah, I mean, I get it. I understand why you, you would cast these people and you would make them make a movie for teens that was that's cool and um. Was this Heath sexy. Ledger's first big movie? I think it was one of them. It was like this or because um, it was a long time before he was the Joker. Yeah. There's 10 Things I Hate About You before or after this. It was before. That's what I was thinking of. 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, he was so good in that movie, too. That's another soundtrack we should probably do at some point. I would do that one, too. I love that movie. That's a good soundtrack. This is bringing out all the movies I made my parents buy me for Christmas when I was younger because I loved the romance story of it. (laughs) And you would just watch it. You would have all the little sleepovers with your friends, and you would drink, Mm -hmm. like, virgin pina coladas, and you would just watch A Knight's Tale. Yeah. I'm sure you did that, too. Oh, yeah. Me and and the girls (laughs) all the time, every weekend. No, I remember when this came out, and I, I thought I was too cool for school for it because it was like, oh, they're just putting hot young people in this movie and trying to trick me into seeing it. And then my mom and dad loved it, mm. so then of course that's when I saw. It. I could see Marie and Bucky and, liking this, and then I was just like, oh yeah, I guess this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once you hear the music, it will draw you in. Yeah, and I guess that's where we're gonna leave it because the soundtrack, you know, the two or three songs aside that we just didn't get to because they're not in the movie. This is a pretty good soundtrack. It's a good collection of like classic rock songs. Um, if you didn't know this was a song or like a soundtrack, and you just listened to it as a like retro playlist, I think like, it's pretty good. Like now, that's what I call classic rock volume yeah. five. Yeah, I mean they do hit like a lot of the really good ones. Yeah, I mean you you get David Bowie in there, you get you get the Queen twofer, you get um, Sly Stone. Uh, Temptations cover. It's it's a pretty good war. War. I guess my leaving thoughts on this movie was, I hated it in the beginning, but I liked it in the end. I felt like the story didn't draw me in enough to separate some of the background questions. What happened to the body? Yes, please, the body. Right. That's that's where's all the poop in the streets? That's hang on. The, the body. That's ending number three. It's like the the feds come for Will because they found the body. I mean, just saying. Like, there's a lot of stuff they just leave open. Well, and it's also, it's a lot of stuff that's really not important, I guess. So. What happened to Adamar is very important. Well, that's important, yeah. Because he's not dead. No. And, <laughs> and he's, he's evil. And he's he's going to come back. Pissed. If you're ever finishing a movie where they defeat the bad guy, kill the bad guy. Because <laughs> if you don't, it always makes me think, well, he's just going to come back. There's going to be a sequel. Right. He's just, he's just gonna come back. Adam Moore is gonna come. He's a fucking count with money who was just at war and has a vengeance. Of course, he's gonna come back. That's true. I guess he does still have like uh, like rank over a knight. Yeah. Oh, Adamar's gonna mess his ass. And if oh. he pays Jocelyn's dad enough money, 
He could probably still marry her. Probably. That's why when they gave Will the option to run away, he should have left. Yeah, and, and everybody told him to. Right. Will Inc- run away. Including Jocelyn. Yeah. He's a dum-dum. But I still like the ending because I it guess. Makes you, it makes you feel good. It does. It does make you feel good. And it helped me, you know, I, I had those same feelings I did when I was younger where I was like, <laughs> oh, it's so, it's so sweet. It's so good. And now I realize, oh, through the years, I've just become, <laughs> I guess, more aware of the world and being like, he's going to die. Bitter and angry about <laughs> yeah. everything. And When I first watched <laughs> this movie, I never thought he was just going to die. <laughs> but watching it this time, I realized how my view of the world has changed. Mm-hmm. And at the end, I was like, well, that's cute, but he's just gonna <laughs> he's just going to die. Yeah. He died of sepsis a week later. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) The end. The end. We will rock you, or we are the champions. No, we are the champions of the world. We are the champions, and also he did. For all of, like, two weeks. Mm -hmm. But those two weeks are pretty good. (laughs) (sighs) That's a night's tale, everybody. Uh, I don't know where it's streaming. We We got a DVD copy of it. The soundtrack is out there. Um, I think it's on Hulu, isn't it? Might be on Hulu. Maybe it's Hulu Plus. It's on. It's somewhere. Yeah, and you can rent it for money. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> stream it for free or rent it for money. Who who knows? Who cares? Just get it off the internet. Just just go to Pirate Bay. It's okay. Nobody cares. <laughs> Don't spend money on this movie. No, I'm. <laughs> I I do not actively endorse piracy. Go rent the movie. It's fine. It's good. Well, uh, well, Nikki, thank you so much for joining me on this show. I had a lot of fun. Glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I had fun. I did have fun. It's not so bad, is it? It's, we're just talking about a, a silly movie we watched. No, it's not bad. She was real nervous, folks. But you did a good job. I did do I, a good job. You're fine. I don't care if they know I was nervous. I was nervous. But uh, yeah, so that's. Um, if my sister is listening, I'm supposed to give her a shout out because she said she would listen to my one podcast. Hi, Megan. Hey, Megan. If she listened all the way to the end, she heard it. I'll tell her <laughs> shout-outs at the end. We'll give her the timestamp. Also for Libby. Oh, hi, Libby. Yeah, Libby, if you're out there listening, uh, come back soon. We miss you. We love you. And <laughs> Please, God. <laughs> come back <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> the next episode is our 50th episode, and we still don't really know what we're doing for the big 5-0. We got to do something cool. But whatever <laughs> we do, we'll let you know, and we'll be back uh, very shortly. So uh, bef- until then, you can uh, find us on the internet at OST Party on Twitter. Uh, email us anything you want at OSTPartyPod at gmail.com. The jewelers answer our questions about breaking gold. Yes. Can you do that? I really want to know now. Um, so tweet those at us. And if you want to yell at me for any reason, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Cordial Wombat. And I think that's going to do it for the OST Party. Thanks, folks, for listening. I'm Nikki. I'm Joseph. Buy the ticket. Take the ride. No pleasure cruise. I consider it a challenge for the